Welcome to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. Reformation Fellowship provides support and fellowship for all who would stand for the Reformation of Christ Church worldwide. We long to see the church revitalized by the gospel and seek to encourage all who share that vision. We gather together for gospel-hearted fellowship around gospel-minded theology. Welcome back to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Schell. And we are in the series of conversations around fellowships that result in reformation and even mission. We are highlighting past and present examples of ways that God has brought together like-minded, like-hearted gospel ministers in such a way that they're encouraged by one another, they're strengthened by one another, and their churches experience reformation, renewal, and even they begin to go out on mission and, uh, and partner in various ways. So we're highlighting throughout the season several examples, past and present, of that. Today's conversation, we will be talking with Dave Keene, Park Baptist Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina, and Regional Coordinator for the Pillar Network, and Phil Newton, Director of Pastoral Care and Mentoring for the Pillar Network. We, we are going to talk about, as you may have guessed, the Pillar Network. And, uh, and how the Lord is bringing together, again, a group of like-minded, like-hearted uh, pastors and churches to, uh, to encourage each other, strengthen each other, and to partner for the advance of the gospel. Let's jump in now. Well, welcome, Dave and Phil, to the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. We're so glad that you guys could join us today. We're thankful. Yeah, it's an honor to be here, brother. I wonder if maybe we could start with just you guys introducing yourselves to our listeners. Um, where are you? Kind of what's your role in, in the church, maybe with Pillar, uh, those kinds of things. Uh, well, sure, I'll, I'll start. Uh, I am the pastor of the Park Baptist Church in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Uh, I've been here for, for 10 years uh, and uh, love being a pastor, enjoy um, caring and shepherding God's people. Uh, I also work uh, for the Pillar Network. I'm the regional coordinator, helping kind of oversee our regional strategy, developing regions and encouraging our regional leaders to, uh, to help plant and revitalize work all throughout the country. I uh, retired back in May as pastor at Southwoods Baptist. I've been there in Memphis, Tennessee for uh, 35 years, been uh, pastoring for 44 years. And then about a couple of weeks after retiring, I began working full-time with the Pillar Network as Director of Pastoral Care and Mentoring, and also teach adjunctively at Southeastern Seminary uh, in the area of pastoral theology. So I kind of get immersed in pastoring and, and love it, love thinking on it. Mm, wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I think the place then to start, um, now that we, we know you a little bit, is You've both mentioned the Pillar Network, and I've mentioned the Pillar Network. Someone tell us, what is the Pillar Network? Uh, why did it start? How did it start? What's the, what's the, what's the vision there? Uh, well, the Pillar Network uh, started in uh, 2011. Uh, five churches in both North and South Carolina, as well as uh, Boston and Miami, uh, came together really to, to plant and revitalize uh, churches. Uh, so the main, mm -hmm. I think, start was to to plant healthy gospel preaching, Bible-believing churches uh, in, in connection with, with other churches. 
close, like-minded churches. So uh, the Pillar Network began in 20, uh, 2011. Now we're right around 300 churches. Uh, we're SBC and internationally Baptist churches that really want to be doctrinally aligned so that we can be missionally driven. Uh, we mm -hmm. kind of feel that if we kind of put a, a point on that sphere of our doctrinal unity, our philosophy of ministry, it really helps us actually produce more healthy gospel work. Uh, our churches who are working together trust each other. Uh, the church, I just heard from a pastor in San Diego saying that, you know, when I go to another place, I want to find a church like this one. And by God's grace, they went to another city and they found a church just like that one that was very similar, that preached the Bible, uh, that tried to love their sheep. Um, so it's, it's not trying to do anything that's really new. It's just trying to do things that historically Baptists have always done, uh, work together for the propagation of the gospel. Yeah, Dave, I, I would add in my role, in the, the brief time that I've had in visiting with a number of different churches, that continuity of being like-minded doctrinally, um, missiologically uh, united, uh, that, that whole common desire to want to serve Christ together. I've seen that in churches. Indeed, in, some of them have been in cities, some of them have been in uh, very urban type areas, some have been in rural areas, and that commonality has really been, been a joy to see. Uh, mm. I, I think that's an encouragement because you want to find a church where you know the word's being proclaimed, there's good sound biblical exposition, there's a passion for Christ and for his kingdom, there is a, a real heart for church planning, church revitalization, missions, and I love seeing that in this network. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, would just, I would just add, brother, I think that there's something about um, when you come together with like-minded brothers, there's just this joy that comes with serving together. Um, you know, it's, we come together, we all agree on the main things, and we can just get about the business of, of encouraging one another and planting new work. Um, and restoring old ones. So it's really a joy to be part of a network. I always tell people, I said, the Pillar Network is, is a group of folks who take doctrine very seriously, but don't take themselves seriously. And uh, I think it's a, it's a great thing to be able to partner with those kind of brothers. Yeah. Yeah, let me ask a question. Uh, on the one hand, we're, we're kind of talking about um, doctrinal alignment that allows for mission. And, and I think broadly, the church is having discussions today on theological triage, right? We, we know we don't have to agree with everyone on secondary tertiary issues to, to be able to still call someone a brother or sister in Christ um, to, to partner in some ways, but uh, you are talking about partnering to plant churches and revitalize churches. I would imagine that to, to do that, you do have to um, you do have to agree on some of those secondary tertiary issues. We've, we've got to agree on what the church is if we're going to plant one or we, um, you know, there, while there may be a handful of churches that, um, that are willing to have a foot in believers baptism and uh, pedo baptism, most churches need to make a decision on, on that. So how, how have you guys um kind of how have you done that what what's that looked like both in maybe forming the network or or feel free to say we've kind of drawn the lines here and that's why uh, so take in any direction but i'm fascinated by this idea of of course we 
we we want to be generous to our brothers and sisters who may disagree on a secondary tertiary issue but for some of these what i what i usually call them thick partnerships so we're planting a church together uh we've got to have uh more overlap we've got to have more agreement so how have you guys um, made the decisions you made what's that look like I think one thing is to to begin with, if you're going to become part of a uh, of the pillar network, you're you're going to be interviewed. You're going to be questioned. We want to know where are you theologically? What do you believe? Do you do you hold to uh, the, for instance, the new New Hampshire Confession or the Abstractive Principles or the Baptist Faith and Message 2000? Are you in agreement doctrinally? If not, if there are some areas that you're not in agreement, spell those out. You know, is this some tertiary issue or is this a central issue? So that's one thing that we really want to see. And I've already seen that in, in the brief time that I've been on staff at Pillar. I've already seen some of that kind of interaction where there's there's doctrinal scrutiny. Now, you know, we're we're all probably going to have a little, little shade here and there on, on different things. But when, when it comes to the essentials of the faith, and really when it comes to areas that a lot of times when, like your church polity, that might be considered a, a second tier issue. Well, for us, that's that's not too second tiered. That's really important because we, we're not comfortable with some guy coming in as a pastoral autocrat, trying to partner with other churches that have elder plurality. So there are distinctives, historic Baptist distinctives that we're going to hold to and and move together in. That, Dave, is that, would you agree with that or, or sharpen me a little bit on that? No, no, I, th I think you're right. I mean, I think that, you know, we want to really kind of, we want to be like-minded. So the question is, how do we maintain like-mindedness? So we have to make sure when people are coming to the network, we're asking them to consider us and we're considering them. And really kind of built it around six principles, six pillars or DNAs, if you will. Um, you know, gospel proclamation, Bible-based, right? We want to be about the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to be all about the Holy, Holy Scriptures. Um, but we also want to be about, um, we want to be confessionally Baptistic. We are unashamedly Baptist. And we love being Baptist. And we love our Presbyterian brothers, but we are Baptist. And we want to kind of wave the Baptist flag. Um, we believe in a plurality of male elders. Uh, so that's an important for us, an important distinction that we believe that the, the most um, biblically faithful view of the local church is a plurality of male elders uh, leading a, and shepherding a congregation under Christ. Um, we, we also believe in um, uh, kingdom-mindedness. We, we want to have um, a hearts for, that are generous in partnership, right? We don't want to have churches that are only coming because they want to receive something. We want churches to be part of our network because they want to give something. They want to give their resources and their time to help other churches both plant and re renew uh, gospel uh, gospel work. So, um, so yeah, I would I would completely agree with Phil. We're trying to say, okay, who, who are you like us? Do you want to work with us? Uh, because we want to run together, right? And I think you're you're. I love that language, Justin. I'm going to steal it from you. We want to have thick partnership in the gospel, right? We want to have thick partnership in the gospel. And you can't do that if you're not like minded. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm sorry to, I, I didn't plan for us to necessarily talk about the role of theological triage in, in, in the network, but thanks for sharing a little bit with us on what that looks like for you guys. I'm, I mean, there are churches 
their pastors, their, their networks, I think listening to this conversation and, and they're maybe wondering how do, where do we draw lines? How do we, how do we do that graciously, but just recognize this is who we are. Um, so appreciate you taking some time to, to, to talk about that. When, um, when a local pastor or a church joins the network, they, they've gone through that process. There's, there's good alignment uh, theologically and philosophically. What's it look like then for, for them to join the network? So really, so there's going to be two kind of things that are going to happen. Once we kind of meet with them and they're, they're, they're like-minded, they want to join. First, we want to connect them with other churches, right? Uh, Lord willing, there'll be enough uh, pillar churches in that region where they can be kind of join a, a, a regional pillar gathering uh, where they can come together for fellowship, for encouragement and some coaching, some training, as well as for some collaboration. How can we partner together for the gospel? Uh, we have some of our churches that are kind of in the middle of nowhere, right, when it comes to Maybe they're in an oasis, if they will, of, of other uh, like-minded brothers. Uh, so we try to connect them with a pre-regional Zoom call where we're just trying to get them fellowship and encouragement. Uh, that's really in, in large what, what, what Phil's been doing uh, is trying to encourage and partner and care for pastors. Um, we want to care for one another. And geographically, if we're in the same area, we should be caring for each other re regularly right, over lunch and coffee. Uh, but those brothers who are maybe isolated or maybe going through a hard spot, we want to come alongside them and I think our network was wise to bring Phil on to say, hey, Phil, you know how to care for pastors. You've been doing it for your whole ministry. Uh, can you help care for the pastors in our network? Um, so, yeah, so it's really about how can we partner, connect them to churches, whether that's a regional gathering that's meeting um, locally or even one on Zoom for those guys who are spread out throughout the country. Yeah, we, we take seriously the pastor's health, uh, mm. their their spiritual health and and so that's one of the things I love about it. I, I see brothers caring for brothers. And then those of us on staff have the opportunity to come behind or, or sometime another point in a direction that, hey, this brother over here could use some encouragement. And, and the guys are wonderful about it. It's, 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 real, it's really fun for me as an old guy stepping back and seeing it and watching these young guys really love on each other and care for each other. And I'm, I'm greatly encouraged. I wish I'd had something like this. I, I had a good network of friends, thankfully, but nothing as formalized as what we have. And uh, I, I, I think it's, it's a wonderful gift to the church mm -hmm. in, in this era. Friends, we want to take just a moment out of our conversation to tell you about the upcoming Reformation Fellowship Conference in Atlanta, Georgia, November 11th through 12th. Our theme, the theme that we will gather around is the gospel, our hope, our banner. We want to come together, celebrate the gospel, unite around the gospel and be encouraged in the gospel. You will hear plenary addresses from Michael Reeves, Dane Ortland, Phil Riken, Jeff Norris. You will also select a track to participate in at the conference. There's a track for any Christian who just wants to go deeper in their faith. There's a track for pastors, a track for women, and a track for theologians and scholars. And the hope for these tracks is to grow you, to develop you wherever you're at, in whatever way you're serving the church, but also to 
encourage you by connecting you with others in a similar place. Those tracks are each led by wonderful theologian leaders, and we're, we just know that you're going to be encouraged. So that is November 11th and 12th in Atlanta, Georgia, hosted by Perimeter Church. It will be the first Reformation Fellowship Conference in the U.S., and we will gather around the gospel, our hope, our banner. Everything you need to know, you can find at reffellowship.org. That's R-E-F fellowship.org. We hope to see you there. Yeah, so when, maybe I can ask it this way. What does the, set, let's say, the network do in terms of, of trying to facilitate that? Um, and whether that's national, regional, um, you obviously mentioned guys just they're stepping out and trying to care for one another. Is there what are some ways that you guys try to facilitate that or encourage that? Or is it more? Um, let, let's um, let's let's watch as maybe the DNA is already there and we're seeing guys do it. What's it kind of look like to, I guess, nurture that throughout the network? Well, I think it's going to be at both end. I mean, you're, you're always going to have guys come to the network who have a desire to partner and are gifted in networking relationships, right? We really want to kind of use the gifts the Holy Spirit has given them to help kind of fan the flame of that, if you will. Mostly mm. those kind of guys, we kind of task to be regional leaders, and we want them to kind of call pastors together uh, to encourage them and equip them. So our regional strategy really is what we're trying to do there, Justin, where uh, we come together once a month uh, over a meal. And part of our job as Pillar is to provide that meal uh, for them, uh, help pay, kind of offset the cost. Uh, and then we want to kind of train them on, on topics to cover, whether that's, hey, how can we better disciple our women? Hey, how are you raising up elders in your church? Hey, there's a church discipline case. How do you deal with that? Hey, how do you care for your own soul? How do you map out your preaching calendar? Just very practical and sometimes big stuff. Sometimes we talk about our liturgy in our churches. Um, but we always want to talk about partnership. How do we partner together for the propagation of the gospel? So that may be, hey, there's a church in town that's about to close its doors. Do we have an elder in our church that we can send? Do you have people in your church that you can send? Hey, I really mm -hmm. heard a strong area of Hispanics kind of moving into this uh, this part of town. Can we, can we pool our resources to plant someone there to help reach that? Uh, that, that community. Uh, mm. my, net, my, yeah, my area in Charlotte uh, came together this past year, pooled our resources and helped plant a church in Thailand, right? Because uh, someone came to us and we kind of felt it was one of those Holy Spirit kind of conversations. And um, we just banded our resources together and helped plant a church. By God's grace, two weeks ago, they coveted as a church, Bangkok City Baptist Church. So, uh, nice. so there's so many different things that we, we're trying to do. Sometimes it's a phone call, sometimes it's a text, but we're really just trying to fan the flame of gospel community, gospel partnership. You know, I think one of the, the things when we first met, Justin, is your heart uh, for pastor pastoral fellowship was so real and so needed. Mm -hmm. And when pastors are together and there's relationships, then there can be true collaboration. There can be thick partnership because you don't really want to truly partner with someone unless you trust them. And you, you can't just trust them, you know, based by, by just being in the same room. You have to share your life with them. And that's what we hope for, for churches. Not, I mean, I say pa pastors primarily, but by, by extension, churches, because mm -hmm. we, we are not a network of pastors. We are a network of churches. We want our churches to partner together uh, to spread the, the name of Christ. Uh, Phil, would you add anything there? 
Yeah, I'm just saying we, we also have an annual conference, uh, the Unite Conference, and that's coming up the first week of October this year. You can find out about it at thepillarnetwork.com. And then we will also have regional Feed My Sheep conferences and workshops. Uh, I know uh, last, I don't know, a few months ago, I, I attended a workshop on pastoral residencies uh, that was hosted at uh, Mount Vernon Baptist in, in the Atlanta area. Uh, there, th those will be scattered out in different areas. Uh, we're looking at, at putting together some uh, niche kind of, uh, of fellowships and discussions with guys that have been, uh, for instance, guys that have been pastoring for a couple of years. They have some common struggles that they're going through. So we're, we're looking at trying to bring them together for some of those discussions. On the other hand, some of the guys that have been in the trenches for 25, 30, 35 years have some common things they're struggling with. And so we're aiming, that's, that's part of what I'm doing, is trying to put these niche groups together, both in conversation and, and maybe some workshops, maybe some retreats. We're still, still trying to figure out the best way to uh, put all that in. But, but we're looking at doing some things like that. And a lot of, a lot of it is happening by the guys, I, th I I think network is literally networking and and Dave. I love to watch Dave on this. He's he's been such a good example to me in in networking people. And those people get together, and before you know it, they take off and run with it. And we just kind of sit back and watch it and rejoice, don't we, Dave? Yeah. yeah. We want we pray a lot, and we want the Holy Spirit to work. So yeah. the Holy Spirit's always moving, and I think He often moves through relationships. So if the right people are connected together, those connections by the spirit are the ones that kind of push the gospel mm -hmm. forward. One of the things that we're trying to do is to bring guys together with areas of commonality in their pastoral ministry. For instance, guys have been pastoring for a couple of years, have some, uh, some common problems, some common interests, some common questions. Mm -hmm. And so part of what uh, my responsibility is there in part of what I'm aiming for is to bring these guys together, do some Zoom calls, uh, have some conversations, have some kind of workshop or retreat setting. By the same token, guys that have been pastoring for 25, 30, 35 years are, mm. are facing a whole nother set of interest in issues and needs so we want to try to bring those guys together as well into conversations and some kind of retreat. And this this would be the kind of thing that we'll we'll do a lot of it on Zoom calls, uh, and then we'll aim toward over a period of uh, several years bringing common uh, groups together. All those guys won't necessarily be the same age, but they will have pastored for around the same time, and so. I think when you look at guys that have pastored uh, the first couple of years, they're just now getting a feel for what does it mean to be a pastor? What does it mean that Sunday does come every week and I've got to be ready for it? How do I plan my preaching better? How do I better discipline my life? So th those are common things. Those guys in the three to five to six years are in a shift kind of area where they're starting to really learn 
what it is to pastor, and they're able to bring about some changes along the way. And so those guys are going to have some common interests and needs, and we want to bring those guys together in calls and in retreat or workshop settings to have those kind of conversations to pour into their lives. And, and then those guys that are down the road that, that have been in a church for, uh, the, let's say, around uh, 12 to 15 to 18 years, they're reaping the joys of pastoral work. That doesn't mean all is going to be easy because a lot of times in that in that same time frame, you're not only reaping some of those wonderful seeds that you have planted, but you're also seeing the adversary attack in certain ways. Uh, you're seeing some of the, the uh, structures that you've put in place that begin to crumble a little bit. And so you, you have to step back and wonder, is something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with the structure? Well, you know, what, what can we do? So we want to bring these guys together and that that's something I'm I'm working on in connection with other staff at at Pillar to try to help these brothers at different stages of ministry uh, because all, all of us face different kinds of questions. The the stuff that I walk through, having pastored for forty years, is going to be different than that church planter who's planting his first church or revitalizing his first church, and he's going to see some things. Uh, through a certain lens, I'm going to see them through a different lens, and I want to be able to help those guys to see a fuller picture of what it is to care for your own soul, care for your family well, and care yeah. for your flock. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. It sounds like, uh, in a sense, there are layers to fellowship and care. There's, you've mentioned the, the National Conference uh, where I'm sure conferency things happen there, but then you have regional groupings and even down to um, these, I'll, I'll call them an interest group. I know you, you didn't use that term, but of, of someone who's new to the pastorate or, or we're all dealing with this issue, uh, kind of focused conversations that could be ongoing or could even be ad hoc. Is that, is that right? Yeah, I, I, and I, I think about it historically. You know, if you look back in the time when Jonathan Edwards had men in his home that he was training, Joseph Bellamy had, and Joseph Bellamy was one of those that Edwards trained, and he, Bellamy had men in his home. And I, I was reading in um, David Brainerd's diary uh, last night, and he was talking about going to Mr. Bellamy's and spending time in fellowship and and gospel discussion and prayer. That's the kind of thing we're facilitating. The, the same happened in the late 18th century with uh, Robert Hall Sr. in an older pastor uh, mentoring young guys, uh, uh, Fuller, Carey, Sutcliffe, uh, Pierce, Ryland, uh, the, these guys that in, in Baptist history were the giants and Robert Hall Sr. was kind of behind the scenes helping those guys and facilitating the fellowship and discussions and, and mentoring them along the way. That's the kind of thing that we're trying to do. And, and it's, it's not just Dave and me doing that. It's pastors in a region mentoring guys in their region. They're trying to help them and, and serve them. And so we're just trying to facilitate some of that as a 
as a staff with Pillar on from a uh, from the national organization down and working down. But it's really the grassroots of local mm. pastors that are helping. And I, I've watched Dave do that with guys in his area. And I've seen that with other brothers who are are mentoring guys in their in their particular region and and really encouraging them along the way. Yeah. Dave, I know that you kind of serve the regions within the network. And uh, I'm I'm wondering you you maybe a church reaches out or a church planter sent out to a region where there's, there's not really other churches. Um, how do you work with that, that church, that guy to help see something form around them? I, I, I asked because I'm, I'm trying to almost translate a little bit what you guys are doing there. If I'm just a guy listening to this, um, this podcast, regardless of my denomination, what are some things maybe I could begin to do to help foster um, theologically robust and warm fellowship among like-minded churches and brothers in the area? Well, that's a great question. You know, I think that one of the epidemics that are happening in pastoral ministry today is loneliness, um, mm -hmm. especially those churches who may not have elders yet they can lean on. Um, and we want that to be a problem of the past, right? We do not want any pastor to be lonely. Um, sometimes you have to be a little, cre little creative. You know, some of our networks like Wisconsin, our regions like Wisconsin, for example, um, they meet once a month on Zoom. And then every other month, some guys drive an hour and a half to two hours to meet for half a day, right? Mm. You can't do that once a month, that might be too much, but maybe once a quarter even. We have yeah. guys in, in Phoenix that uh, they're spread out kind of all throughout Arizona, and they come together for a retreat um, once uh, twice a year, where they kind of just go to a hotel and they spend a day and a half together. Um, so you have to be a little bit creative. Um, uh, by God's grace, technology is wonderful. I think that even as much as um, Zoom isn't not, is not ideal, it is something. Um, mm -hmm. And there's many guys I've, I've started uh, pastoral, regular conversations with on Zoom, and I see them in person, and there's just a, an incredible joy. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. you, you have to be a little, little bit creative in terms of the distance, um, but I think that you just have to be creative. You have to be intentional and try to figure out what's going to work in a particular region. This is where contextualization comes in. You know, for example, I'm in South Carolina, and it's hard to get people to go to North Carolina. Um, so yeah. I, can, I got to have events both in South Carolina and in North Carolina for whatever the reason. So you just have to be creative, and, but I think the key word is intentional, right? Is I, like we, I think Phil and I would say this, and our whole staff would say this, we do not want any pastor to be lonely. Um, right. Now, we have limited capacity as staff. So what we do is we, we may reach out to other pastors in our network and say, hey, can you maybe reach out to this guy and maybe try to follow up with him? And mm. we start, we have um, a cohort right now of, of rural pastors, pastors who are pastoring in the primary rural setting. Uh, they've yeah. been meeting once a month. They'll do that for eight months and then end in a retreat, right? Um, they've never met in person. Uh, but they will meet in person after the, the cohort ends. Um, mm. But they've been encouraged and they feel like I'm growing as a pastor and I realize I'm not alone. I'm not um, by myself. So hope that helps. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's great. Let me ask you guys this from your perspective as you're interacting with, um, with a number of churches, a number of pastors. Um, 
you mentioned lo loneliness. Um, what are some of the other challenges that you see, um, particularly pastors struggling with or, or, or having to, to navigate? And, um, and what kinds of, you know, what, what kinds of helps or solutions have they, have you guys, as you've engaged them, have, uh, have arisen? I think one of the things is presumption. And, and by that, I mean, we are standing in the pulpit. We're preaching on Sundays. We're getting our sermons ready. We're dealing with spiritual things on a regular basis. But a lot of times we presume in our own spiritual lives and we don't stop and really pause before the Lord and seek the face of the Lord and hunger and thirst after him. We're, we're doing all the business of ministry and we're, we're super busy with all of that, uh, and yet we don't care for our souls. So one, one of the things that, that I try to do in conversations with guys that just find out, hey, tell me about your walk with the Lord. Tell me mm -hmm. about your time alone with God. Uh, mm -hmm. Is there some freshness there, or has your, uh, your devotional life gotten stale? You know, what can you do to spice that up? How can you really enliven your walk with the Lord. So I think, I think presumption is one of the things that, that I run across with pastors and I have for, for years and years. And I, I read a, uh, a statistic from Lifeway uh, in, you know, they, they do a lot of research in, and it was something to the effect that uh, half the pastors that they interviewed didn't really have any kind of devotional life. I just went about ministry and I'm going, how in the world can you survive? Because mm. if, if you're going to persevere in ministry and it will take perseverance to continue because there's so many things that happen, so much opposition, you, you, you your roots have got to go deep in, mm. in soil of the Christian faith and, uh, and in devotedness to Jesus and, if, if you're not doing it, if you're not stirring one another to love and good deeds, and then you run into some trouble. And I, I was texting with a dear brother yesterday, and he was, he said, you know, I'm, I'm concerned for, for my soul, and, uh, and I have a fear that I would, uh, you know, get engaged in things I shouldn't do. And, and so I, I was, I'm just laying out a few things that I, that I thought might be helpful to him. And he said, shoot me a text every once in a while and check on me. I said, gladly. I'll, mm. I'll be glad to do that. And see, that that's how we're building relationships with one another so that we build bridges into each other's lives enough that we can walk over into that life and we can speak and say, brother, you've really been irritable lately. Uh, what, what is going on so I can pray for you and help you through this time? We want to be able to do that. And yeah. guys, guys need that. And if we, you know, if we think we're too important, too busy to be around other brothers that will sharpen us, we're we're probably going to see our ship sink at some point. Or mm -hmm. uh, more than likely, it's going to sink because yeah. the Lord made us to be relational. And you see that biblical pattern. Paul always had guys around him. I mean, that, that was just common. There were always those guys around him. And, and I, I think you see that, that to be the case because Jesus modeled it. Mm 
he always had guys around him. He would withdraw, spend time with a father, but he would have either that inner circle or that next tier of the 12 or the 72, whoever it may be. He had people around him and he was sharpening them and they were praying for him and encouraging him and he was fellowshipping with them. So yeah. Jesus set the model. That's the pattern. Well, I think we have time for maybe one more question. Um, and I'm wondering if, as you look at these, the last few years of bringing uh, guys together for fellowship and partnership, uh, what are what are some key takeaways, some key lessons learned of, um, you know, this is helpful and this is, this should probably be avoided. Any, uh, any of those come to mind? Yeah, I would say the thing that I would say in terms of what works is regularity. You know, mm -hmm. the groups that meet on a monthly basis tend to be really effective. Relationships tend to be really strong. Um, the ones that are more haphazard where they meet, you know, things get canceled and they're meeting maybe every three or four months. Relationships mm -hmm. is, is a little bit harder to maintain. Uh, so I think intentionality uh, would be one. Um, you know, I think it's genuine care for, for the brothers, right? Trying to foster a, a, a camaraderie, a, a deep brotherhood. But yeah, I would definitely say consistency and, and um, intentionality were the two things that for me are, are really essential if you're going to have a strong uh, network or region. Yeah, yeah I, I agree with you. A quick follow-up on that. I could imagine someone listening and think, well, what if I wanted to invite some guys in my city or area to to fellowship and, and and maybe they hear monthly well that sounds like that's that's, that's a, 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 maybe that's too much to ask of other guys or how would i know if i'm if it was profitable for the other guys and they they're worried that um, that might be too much or that um, it 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 wouldn't be received as as beneficial as maybe they would hope how would you answer someone with those kinds of doubts. Yeah, I would just say, listen, there's there's always going to be a, a cost for relationship and a cost uh, for the gospel to advance. And I think sometimes as pastors, we become so overwhelmed with things in our own church. We're like, I just don't have the time. Yeah. You may not think you have the time, but I think you do. But I think you actually need the time. I have found my relationships with the other brothers in the network have actually refreshed me and have actually helped me serve my people better. I have more energy when I'm, when I'm with uh, my people. Um, so I would just say, yes, the cost may be great, but if you invest in it for a season, I think you'll see a, a huge dividend uh, in your own ministry. Mm. Yeah. I found that some of the guys that I've met with on a regular basis, uh, the, as I'm around them, I want to be more like Christ because I see Christ in them. And that that's such encouragement to me. Well, brothers, thank you so much for your time today, Dave and Phil, for uh, for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast, for sharing uh, from your, your experience. And um, we're looking forward to see how the Lord will grow the Pillar Network. And uh, I'm personally excited to just uh, to just be in fellowship and uh, and continue to get to know you guys as well. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Justin. It's been a real joy getting to know you. Yeah, thank you so much, brother. And continue to keep your heart uh, strong for the gospel and for pastors. It's a pleasure to see.
Thank you so much for joining us here on the Reformation Fellowship Podcast. We pray that this time together has been a blessing to you. The Reformation Fellowship is a ministry of union. And so all that we do, we hope it helps you to delight in God, grow in Christ, serve the church, and bless the world. If that is your hope, that is your desire, then friends, welcome to the fellowship.